0: Today's learning is L'Iloi Nishmas, Chaim Yitzchak Ben Micha Shlomo, my dad, whose yard site is Boba Yom today, 26 years later, his Aliyah. His Nishama should have an Aliyah. It should be an Aliyah for his Nishama. This is the TTPA, Tani Talks Perke Avos this year, where we talk a mission of Perke Avos per day with sagely commentary and practical advice to say. We are looking at Perik Hey, Mishnah Hey, chapter 5, paragraph 5, talking about 10. Asar Anisim Nasu, lavasinu bebeis HaMikdash. There were 10 miracles done for our forefathers in the beis HaMikdash. Let's read it all and then we'll come back. Lo hipi la isha mireach mireach besar ha-kodesh velo hasrirach besar ha-kodesh me-allam velo nir azavuv bebeis ha-mit b'chaim velo ira keri l'koin gadol be-yom ha velo so 10 different things that happened that in the times of the base samigders 10 miracles were performed for our forefathers during the time of the holy temple this is talking about this is for the benefit of the people other miracles also occurred in the temple you could see yoma in Chaf aleph but they served as testimony to the presence of hashem in the temple did not directly benefit the people so points out in contrast to the other sets of ten listed so far in the chapter, these miracles are not mentioned in or derived from the Torah, but were taught by the teachers of one generation to the teachers of the next generation. The Mishnah therefore tells us what they were, as Tosos Yanta points out. It's a matter of dispute whether these miracles took place only in the first temple, the first place of Megiddo, where the presence of God was more evident, or also in the second temple as well. So there were ten miracles. So a woman did not miscarry because of the aroma of the sacrificial meat being roasted. The meat of the holy offerings, Kod Sheh was roasted in the temple courier where it had to be eaten by the quantum. In addition, at least some parts of the animal offerings were burnt on the altar. The aroma of the roasting spread throughout the temple area. This aroma could have stirred in a pregnant woman such a strong desire to taste some of the meat after she would miscarry. God forbid, if she didn't have this meat, if she didn't have some miraculous you no know, woman ever miscarried for this reason, Rashi points out. The sacrificial meat did not spoil. The parts of the animal that were to be burnt on the altar sometimes stayed on top of the altar for several days before being burnt, as Rashi points out in Ridvan. Yoma, who says that this was most likely to occur when an animal was slaughtered on Friday because its parts may not be burned on Shabbos. Also, the meat of the Shalomim offerings could be eaten for two days, although these meats were often exposed to warm weather. They never become spoiled or infested. A fly was never seen in the temple's butchering area. If animals and flies you would think would be attracted to the various blood intestines of the animals that were processed in the temple but besides demonstrating the presence of God, the miracle also made life more present for the quantum who dealt with the offerings and they didn't have any of these creatures of these flies flying around in the butchering area discharge was not experienced by the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur, the Kohen Gadol had to perform almost all the temple service in Yom Kippur, if he would become Tame he would have to be replaced by the assistant the Skan Kohen Gadol, while well, this did in fact happen several times in Yuma 12 b 47a it was caused only by other sources of tummum and never by a certain type of discharge rashi points out this miracle occurred in order to spare the coin god of the embarrassment of being disqualified because of such a thing as ralph points out in addition rain did not put out the fires of the piles of the wood of the altar, of the Mizbeach. Although the fire of the altar, the Mizbeach, was exposed, was never put out by the rain, Rav points out. This miracle benefited the people because they are forbidden to eat their shares of the offerings until the required parts were burned on the altar, as Ferdinand points out. In addition, one did not come to the and overcome the column of smoke that arose from the altar, that arose from the Mizbeach. The smoke rose in a straight column. Even on windy days, Ralph points out, the air in the courtyard thus refrain, remain fresh, as Rambam points out, which benefited the coin working there. In addition, besides all these things, no disqualification was found in the Omer, and the Shteh Lechem, or the Lechem him. The Omer was a mincha, a flower offering brought on behalf of the entire nation on the second day of Pesach. It consisted of flour from barley of the new crop. Once it was offered, all the new crops of grain, Hadash, became permitted to be eaten. Siva the barley for the Omer, had to be harvested the night before. It was offered, and they did not harvest more than... Necessary. Therefore, if the harvest of grain became disqualified during the day, it cannot be replaced. Thus the omer could not be offered that year, Ralph points out. She was a mincho offering brought on behalf of the entire nation on Shavuos. Once it was offered, grain of the new crops became permitted for use in the temple offerings, as Vayikra points out. The loaves of the Shealachim had to be baked before Tov because baking them on Tov was forbidden, Pesachim points out. Thus, if the loaves became disqualified on Tov, the Shealachim could not be offered that year, Ralph points out. The Lachem him were twelve loaves of bread that were arranged on the table, the Shochat in the temple, each Shabbos, and remove the following Shabbos, as Vayikra points out. Baking them on Shabbos was forbidden, as Menachal shows us. Therefore, if they became disqualified on Shabbos, no new ones could be baked to be placed in the shulchan that Shabbos. As a result, the shulchan would stand empty until the next Shabbos, Rashi points out. These three offerings could become disqualified in many ways, such as by coming into contact with the source of Tumah, by being taken out of other required locations, by being prepared by a disqualified coin, or by being prepared improperly. It was a great miracle that none of these things ever happened, as Melech Shama points out. The people stood in the temple, pressed together, but they bowed, stretched themselves on the floor in plenty of space. On certain occasions, especially on Kippur and the pilgrimage festivals like Pesach Shavuot and Sukkot, the temple court was filled with Jews who came to pray and to bring offerings. At times, they literally had no room to move. Yet when the time came for the people to bow down, such as when the Kohen Gadol pronounced the special name of Hashem during the on Kippur service, a miracle occurred and the area became spacious enough for everyone to bow. Not only that, but there were four almost of space between each person and his fellowship that no person would hear another person's private prayer, as Rashi points out. And no snake or scorpion ever harmed anyone in your Yerushalayim. Some commentators understand this to mean that no one was ever bitten by a snake or scorpion, Miri points out. Others understand it to mean that no one ever died from a snake or a scorpion. You can see Rashi as well. And the person did not say to another person, the place where I lodge in Yerushaim is small for me. Great numbers of Jews came up to your Yerushaim for Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot; They all needed a place to stay. Nevertheless, no one ever complained that his combinations were too small, as Ralph points out in the second explanation. So all these miracles happen in the time of the Beis HaMikdash. And it should be so that we all have the Beis HaMikdash speedily in our days. We should wait and and pray that Mashiach comes, that we're hoping for Mashiach, and we're looking for Mashiach, and it's apropos that this is the mission we're talking about today on because he was always waiting, always ready, always wanting Mashiach to come, always wanting the Beis Emengdash to come, always thinking about it. So too, we should be thinking about Mashiach, have our bags packed and ready, and we should be Zoha that by learning about these wonderful miracles that happened during the Beis Emengdash, we should be Zolcha, that the Migdash does come again, speedily in our days, and may that day, in fact, be today. Join us next time as we talk about 10 things that were created in an of Shabbos here on the TTPA, and I'm your host, Tani.